Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm not sure how to describe this week's Work of the Week. And that's the beginning of a voyage of discovery that started with assistant curator Michael Waldron. Or should I say, this week's Works of the Week. Michael, I'm glad to hear that you're actually in the Crawford right now as we speak because you're busy with a new exhibition. We are indeed. We're currently installing an exhibition called Invisible Light from the School of Looking, which looks at the electromagnetic spectrum, of all things, through seven artworks. We're busy getting that ready with the artists. A nice rare occasion to be in the building rather than working from home. Indeed, because it's very tough for a lot of people who are working from home. But at least you've got one of the nicest workplaces in the city and one of the spaciest, if I may use that word. And in that space, there's this week's work of the week. And I'm looking at it at the moment and I actually spent about five minutes trying to figure out what I was actually looking at. And then when I saw a close up of one of the pictures online, because it's actually two works of art, not one work of art. We've got two for the price of one this week by Alice Marr. And she set us up a little bit of a puzzle for people to figure out. So how would you describe individually the two works of art that collectively are called Familiar? by Alice Marr? Well, I suppose as as you approach the artwork, you might think that they are two separate things. Mm. So what we have is, on the one hand, we have a large canvas, and that measures about two and a half metres tall. So it's quite an imposing canvas, darkly coloured with an interesting white shape at its centre. That's what caught my eye. I was trying to figure out what was the white shape. What was I looking at from a distance? So you have to go up very close to to find out what is it. You do. So, uh, you know, from a distance, you think one is very abstract and and dark. And then the other object that forms the artwork Mm -hmm. looks quite sculptural, a cube mounted on the wall. You're not quite sure what you're looking at. So you're drawn towards it, I suppose, to investigate more. And and the closer you get, the more is revealed, but also you might have more questions as well. In fact, it's the first time in the Work of the Week online that you've actually printed two pictures for people to look at. One of them gives the perspective, as you said, you can actually judge the size of the canvas, literally because you're taking a shot of the whole wall. 
And then the next one is a close-up on the canvas. So when you close-up on the canvas, what detail is revealed to you? So you're really drawn to the centre of the canvas. So if yeah. you can imagine the canvas is very, very dark, kind of mottled colours with black, blues and red purples coming yeah. through. Yeah. And then at its centre, you have, for all the world, what looks like an iceberg. <laughs> but it is a kind of a, a white mountain that seems to have a pathway all the way up to its plateau at the yeah. top. Yes, That's the detail I think we're curious about because the closer you get, the more you realise that atop this mountain, is a a naked female figure, really, really tiny, lying down on the ground, and there is a campfire blazing in front of her. Yeah, it does actually look very iceberg-like. It looks definitely like an island of white in a sea of mottled purple. And it's it looks like it's isolated. If that was just a piece on its own, I would say this is something where... All we need in life has been pared down to, excuse the pun, the simple bare necessities. <laughs> You're actually, <laughs> I think that song is going to be in our heads. <laughs> but essentially that, yeah. And, and you know, I, I've spoken with the artist about it and she says, perhaps that woman is enjoying the heat from that fire. Yeah. But we don't know the story. If we're looking for a story or a narrative of why and all, all of these things that might jump to to mind, it allows our imaginations kind of yeah. free to consider what scenario is this and what does it mean? And I suppose the title comes into play here because we start to recognise things. So the title is Familiar 3, it's part of the series. And we start to recognise things that are familiar to us, that we, we can identify this, we can identify that. And instantly, I think our minds want to work on, well, why do they have a relationship with each other? Yeah, because next to it then, we have this box. What's the box made out of? So the box itself is a frame that is then covered with flax. Ah. So flax or, or linseed, so a plant that becomes the raw material for for linen or for canvas in ah, particular. So yes. while we've just looked at a canvas made from this material, now we're looking at flax that has been stretched across this frame, creating a cube with a hole at its centre. It looks like hair maybe from a distance and it hasn't been made into that fine thread that creates the linen. So it's kind of in an in-between state. It's not the plant, but it's not yet the useful thread that we might use for many different purposes. So it's still a little bit rougher on the edges. Very much so, yeah. yeah. And then you have this very curious hole at its centre which draws you in, and it's about the same level. It's meant to hang at about the same level as the, the top of the mountain in the canvas. So there's a relationship between the two there as well. Now, if I saw that, say, hanging in a garden or something like that, I'd say that was something that was built to attract birds, that it would be some sort of a nest. Yeah, actually, do you know what? For all the world, it does seem like a, a nest or, you know, wasps or any yeah. insects that might pop out. Yeah. And actually, the artist herself has something to say about that particular relationship. She says that the figure on the mountain that we've just been discussing might have come out of that great black hole in the flax might have lived there for years a tiny mite waiting to escape onto a great big expanse (laughs) (laughs) and then on the other hand she says maybe the sculpture could be the product of the woman's imagination so it's kind of 
chicken or egg sort of scenario here. Now, the interesting thing is in both quotes, you use the word might and you also use the word maybe. So it's, it's basically left up to the person who's viewing it to make out the relationship between the, the two objects, the two art pieces themselves, because it would be unfair for us to nail down the definition or the meaning or the significance of these two pieces and their relationship with each other. I think that's true. And I think the artist obviously had a particular intention with this work, but also the body of work that she made at around the same time, so around 1994. But at the same time, we can consider maybe the relationship between the materials. But then there is an openness to it. Mm. We're allowed to let our imagination kind of breathe around it. And it's interesting to think where it might take us as well. My advice to anybody who's going to have a look at this week's Work of the Week, I would suggest to somebody that perhaps they look at the Work of the Week first and then read about it afterwards and see are there any similar lines or ideas or did they just completely go on a different journey altogether? Because I suppose that's what art is all about. It's about freedom of expression and giving people freedom to interpret the expression. Exactly. Precisely. And I think you could, obviously, you can experience this at home on on the web or if you come into the gallery, you can experience it in the context with other artworks and see how maybe they speak to each other. And if you're curious about the artist's work, maybe you'll seek out other works by Alice Marr and and think, oh, well, what's the relationship between this and her maybe more recent work? So, Mm. you know, there are all sorts of ways that you can, can think about it or you can just enjoy it. As, as an object, yep. something to yep. meditate on. That's what galleries are there for. Now, one final question. Alice Maher herself, she's obviously risen over many years of practice to create a very strong voice of her own. What's her status right now as an artist? Oh, well, I mean, I think she's probably one of the, the leading contemporary artists in Ireland of her generation. Yeah. I think very well loved and thought of, a very active artist. in collaborations with others, with poets, with other artists, but also in her own practice. A couple of years ago, 2018, we were one of the venues that exhibited her exhibition, Vox Materia. Some visitors might might remember that. And it was amazing because she she exhibited in, in our modern galleries on the top floor. And she says that these were the beautiful attic drawing rooms of Crawford that she attended classes in, in 1980. And she says herself, she began the journey to her own personal visual language. So it's kind of amazing to think the, the relationship between her and the building as well. It's kind of gone full circle. And so has my interview with you as well, because... At the beginning of it, I mentioned that I knew her and it was actually around 1980 that I met her last and I would love to meet her again. So there you are. So instead, I'm just going to have to gaze at her work and invite everyone else to have a look because it is quite an interesting journey called Familiar 3. And it's up to you to figure out what is familiar and what isn't. That's what I love about something like that that's put in front of you in its essence. It has its own beauty, and I enjoy just looking at it. It's great. It's good for the head. Brilliant, Connor. <laughs> OK, thanks, Michael. And that's the point that we were making in the whole interview, the whole discovery, that everybody should be able to make their own discovery, come up with their own interpretation of what they're looking at. And Alice sets us out quite an artistic puzzle to solve for ourselves, or just to keep an open mind. But as I said during the interview myself, that to me, the acrylic painting, the canvas represented basic 
simple necessities of life, or as I said, the simple bare necessities. And Michael says, you're not going to play the song, are you? Well, sorry, Michael. Sure, why not? Before we play the inevitable, just remember you can catch this week's Work of the Week in crawfordgallery.ie forward slash Work of the Week. Or you can actually go in and see it for yourself. All you gotta do is... Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. 